right, guys, let's get right to it. What's going on? Hope you guys are good. Hope you guys are enjoying your summer. I've been enjoying mine. Lots of cookouts. Been in the pool a couple times. Did I go to the beach yet? Kind of went to the beach. But nonetheless, though, y'all, ain't, y'all, we ain't come here to talk about that, right? Y'all didn't click on the video to talk about the summertime and the beaches and stuff. We came to talk about the Sixers, the state of the Sixers. And where else can we start, right? Where else can we start? We can start talking about uh, Joel Embiid and his extension. What was it? $197 million extension, four-year extension, right? I think that guarantees him 261 over the next five years, 197 over the last four. We could talk about that, right? Um, We could talk about the Sixers letting go of, what was it, uh, 17 uh, people on the training staff? Um with what was said to be um, cost-related issues? What? We could talk about that, but but that's not what we're here to talk about. You know I'm here. Like like Dame said, right? You know I'm here, right? We're, we're here to talk about Ben Simmons. So let's get to it. There has been uh, a lot said about Ben Simmons over the last couple of months, over the last couple of years. Um, I talked about this in the last episode that Ben Simmons is one of the most polarizing athletes in Philadelphia history. And um, he's definitely polarizing even on a national perspective, right? Um, I have a, I have a lot of thoughts on uh, Ben Simmons. So I'm trying to kind of like unpack it in my mind. So I'm trying to get this cross point of being brief, yet knowing damn well I'm going to be long-winded. So let's kind of go back a little bit. I was a huge Ben Simmons supporter over the years. Like I was one of those guys because pretty much with Ben Simmons, there's no middle ground, right? Like when he came into the league, you either saw everything good about him or you saw everything bad. And I was one of those people who... You know, as a Sixers fan, was trying to see everything good to try to, you know, hope that the holes in his game could be something that could be developed. But fast forward and here we are. And I feel like guys such as myself, fans such as myself, who are Ben Simmons supporters are the ones who are like the most... um, I wouldn't say irate, but uh, just like almost like the most pissed off, right? Because it was somebody that you were defending so, so, so much. And you watched what happened in in this year's playoffs. And it is highly, highly disappointing. So let's kind of like bring it to, you know, bring it current to where we are now. Um. But let's let's kind of like go to game seven, right? Let's start at game seven. I'm going to tell you the first thing that upsets me about um, this whole Ben Simmons situation. To kind of, I guess, let's go from game seven to now, right? Pardon me because this is all off the cuff, right? I didn't want to um, overscript it or overline it up too much. I just wanted to really talk to you guys like I would talk to you if you were sitting right here. So... We're at a point where reports are coming out that Ben Simmons has 
you know, some type of issues with the organization that he's not, you know, talking to certain people. Now, we can go into the semantics of who he's talking to, who he's not talking to. They said that um, Maxi said that he, you know, talks to him frequently or whatever like that. But one thing I've learned is that, you know how they say like certain things you have to take with a grain of salt. I believe that when it comes to media reporting, as I've gotten older and just when you kind of see things transpire over a length of time, there is, you know, like media reporting is kind of like jokes. And you know how they say when someone tells a joke, there's always like a truth in the joke. And I believe like there's always, there's usually truth in there, especially if multiple people are saying very consistent things. Like there's not a lot of situations where everything was like 100% a lie. And when you look at a person like Ben and you look at his attitude and his disposition, it it doesn't strike me as something off base for him to, you know, pretty much disassociate himself with the organization um, and not talk to at least a group of people from the organization. Like, I, it, that doesn't surprise me. It doesn't seem like something that I would feel is like off base for him, right? Because Ben is very sensitive. He has, you know... Uh, he does have a, a, a base around him that keeps him very insulated, right? So when you're in the NBA, when you're a professional athlete who, you know, is on a max contract in the city of Philadelphia, you're now in like a hotbed of scrutiny. So with everything going on, I, it doesn't surprise me or seem like it's off base that he would cut a bunch of people off. And here's my issue with that. My issue with that is, if that's true, let, just to touch on his mindset, it says a lot to me about Ben Simmons if his reaction to everything that transpired is, I'm cutting you off. I try not to read too deeply into certain things, especially things on like social media and stuff like that, right? I try not to like overanalyze it and, you know, say what a player is supposed to do. But I think that when you do look at things such as Ben Simmons' social media and just how he's, you know, carrying on his, I mean, look, he's a, he's a grown man. He could obviously do what he wants with his free time. It's the off season, right? But you, you just look at people's consistencies, right? You look at what people do and you try to just observe it. And you know, when you're looking at the guys in the summer league, you're looking at, you know, draft picks, you're looking at certain things. And please mistake, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen anything going on with him that shows him being in lockstep with the organization. Right. I haven't seen anything, you know, talking about the old oh, kids looking good in summer league. Oh, blase, 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 anything. I didn't see any kind of congratulations on you know, Embiid's extension or anything like that. Like, just the little things, you know. Just I'm just throwing it out there, right? So, and I'm, I apologize. It's taken me a while to kind of really get to what I want to get to, but it's just so much that's there. My problem is, is that all these things happen, and now you want to distance yourself from the team. Now you want to help facilitate a trade. Now let's talk about what's going on. So some people could look at what the Sixers have done 
to say, okay, why is Ben Simmons acting this way? And the easiest things to cite are, one, Daryl Morey attempting to trade him for James Harden in the fall. Then you have Doc Rivers, who was critical of him after Game 7. And then you have Joel Embiid, who essentially was the same. Right? Now, let's talk about Doc Rivers and uh, Joel Embiid and their criticism and their thoughts on Ben Simmons after Game 7. My issue with Ben having an issue with that is this. From the minute that Doc Rivers got to Philadelphia, all he has done was defend Ben Simmons. From the minute he was announced as the coach, all that he has done is defend Ben Simmons. That's all that he's done. So he leaves the bubble. He loses his job with the Clippers. He gets hired to become the Sixers head coach the following week. That following week, from the first day, he's asked about Ben from everybody in the media, you know, radio shows. You know, he's going on his whole press run. And all he did was defend Ben from that day throughout the entire year, right? And then even going back to touch on Joel Embiid to kind of bring it all full circle at the same time. The same thing. Joel Embiid was on um, J.J. Reddick's podcast, Old Man in the Three. And they asked him about Ben Simmons and things of that nature. And I think he might have actually been on another podcast, too. Um, and they asked him about Ben. And it was nothing but support of Ben. Nothing but support of Ben. All year. Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid defended Ben Simmons all year long, right? All year long. And when they finally give you some criticism. Or let's just say this. Doc didn't even overly criticize him i believe he was just indifferent about could ben simmons be the point guard on a championship team and he said i don't know right sure it's not what you want to hear but given the evidence i think that's an accurate answer right joel Embiid, obviously when they asked him what was the changing point of the game and he cited when ben simmons passed up a wide open dunk right so because in their frustration they gave answers that were critical of your performance after an entire year and for Joel years of supporting you. You decide to cut them off because they were critical of you. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like you got to really think about that. And if that is true, if that's where his mind is, he doesn't need to be here. Because if you want to be a great player, there is a certain point where you have to hold yourself accountable. It's a certain point where you have to hold yourself accountable. And you can't get mad when your coach or your running mate tells the truth, even if it is to the media. Look, I can understand in the moment if there's a level of frustration about the whole thing, right? I get it. But if days and weeks and months have gone on and you still have the mentality of essentially F these guys, I want to get out of here, then maybe you need to go. Maybe you need to go.
That's just my thoughts on it. That's that's really my thoughts on it. You you can you cannot have that mindset. That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. The idea that you didn't perform up to the level that we know that you can. And I know that there is still a contingency of guys who are in support of Ben and are going to tell me, oh, well, his plus minus. I'm not trying to hear none of that. I'm not trying to hear none of that. We're not, we're not even going to entertain that nonsense. We're not going to do it. But if that's Ben Simmons' mentality, that after you played like that horrendously, and if your mindset is, oh, I want to distance myself from the team, I'm not going to say anything to the fans. I'm just, you know, I got it. Look, I can understand you got to get away, but I'm not talking about him getting away. I'm talking about where his mindset is right now and being with the team. Because in my opinion, in my opinion, I'm just a guy, right? I'm just a guy in front of a camera with a mic, right? If you perform like that, and you've been in the trenches with these guys, and you know, you know that if you played up to the level that you could, I'm not even talking about playing above your head. I'm just talking about playing at your average of what you know that you can do night in and night out. You know you would have made the conference finals. There's no way the Sixers lose to Atlanta if Ben Simmons just plays to his averages and just plays how he normally plays. There's no way that happens. And if you come off a series like that, where you underperform, and because there's whatever criticism about your underperformance, or because the president of the team attempted to trade you a couple months back, if you're like, oh, I want to get out of here. If, look, if that's, your, if that's how it is, you got to go. You got to go. Because look at Joel Embiid. Let's rewind. Let's look at Joel Embiid. Coming off of that Toronto series in 2019, coming out of the bubble, Joel Embiid has never been above reproach. He's never been above criticism, right? Right? I mean, think about it. Sports radio, the guys on TNT. I mean, it became national news about Shaq criticizing him, right? The fans criticize, you know, Joel Embiid. And look, we all love Joel Embiid, right? I, I feel like as sports fans and specifically as Philadelphia sports fans there's always a relationship where it's kind of like family right and it's like tough love you're going to tell your family what you believe in your heart that they need to hear and Joel has had his back and forth with the fans and with the media but the difference is is that after all of that Joel Embiid looked himself in the mirror and I'm sure that when he did that, he realized, you know what? Um, maybe they weren't out of line. Maybe they weren't out of line. Maybe there was some truth to what they're saying. And he came back and had it not been for what the knee injury in D.C. He's winning that MVP. I have no doubt in my mind. Jokic, look, shout out to him. He had a great season. I like him. I like him a lot as a player. He won a perfect attendance award. Joel Embiid was the MVP of the season. In my eyes. We could argue that all day. I got time. But look, Ben Simmons' reaction is a reflection of him as a player. 
look, everybody goes through pressure situations. It's pressure being a star athlete, especially in a city like Philadelphia, in a you know a game like the NBA. It's it's tough. It's tough. So I I understand frustration, but there's a certain point where your pride is supposed to kick in, and you're like, nah, I, I can't go out like that. I can't go out like like like. Am I am I tripping? Am I tripping? I mean. So it's like, all right, the Sixers have been shopping around. Nobody has bitten yet. We've heard everything about um, the Sixers, what they're asking. And let's talk about that for a second. I think what they're asking isn't even crazy. It's not that crazy. Now, we could talk about Ben Simmons' value being low, but I've been a person who has believed that his value is not as low as people think it is. I do not believe that. I do not believe that Ben Simmons' value is as low as people think it is. Because as bad as that Atlanta series was, he's still defensive team. I mean, all NBA. All all NBA defensive. I'm mixing my words up, right? NBA all defense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, it's been a while, right? It's summertime. I ain't watch hoops in a minute. But, um... He's still first-team all-defense. He's going to be first-team all-defense next year, right? And he had a bad series. But I think we all know that the Ben Simmons of that series is not the Ben Simmons that he truly is. So you can't base his value simply off of the Atlanta series. You know what I mean? Like you, there, There's a certain median that you get to when you're looking at his value. So... All in all, I like where the Sixers are going with where they're trying to start with. They're like, look, we're not going to sell him for pennies. And I don't want them to. I don't want them to. And to kind of transition into the question of where do the Sixers go from here? Schedule just came out yesterday. And we're two months until the season, right? That means that training camp is right around the corner next month or something like that, like late September. And we know that it will be a circus if and when Ben Simmons comes back uh, to the Sixers to report for camp. Now, there have been reports about him uh, possibly not reporting. I mean, you got four years left in your contract. I mean, you know, sometimes even if you want to leave, it becomes a situation of, you know, you got to help me help you. Right. If you want to get out, you not showing up doesn't make your value any better to get where you want or get out of the city. So it's kind of like, look, Ben, if you want to leave, that's cool, but you need to bring your ass to camp, right? And uh, be a professional. But um, where do we go from here, right? I think that's the question that everybody wants to know because you're anticipating possibly a draft night trade. Or a trade during free agency, you know, early stages of free agency. And nothing has materialized. So as you get closer and closer, the idea of Ben being on a roster, you know, come game one of the season is very much a possibility. And I think that I think that Maury has to be patient. I think that he has to be patient. It's going to be very difficult, though. It is going to be very difficult because 
what my biggest concern is when it comes to Ben returning for the season to start the year is the mental makeup of both Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid in a in a scenario like this. Because I'm sure that, you know, like Joel, his frustration has shown, you know, in bits and pieces throughout the years as it's, um, you know, um, as it's pertained to Ben Simmons. And I feel like what happened in Game 7 or just the Atlanta series in general, I, I think everything hit like a fever pitch, right? So, and and one thing that Joel has with all of his savvy and everything that he's done to adapt to like American media and stuff like that. One thing that that's a little bit different about Joel than some athletes, you know, is that he could sometimes be too real. Right? It's like he like he like he knows how to be politically correct, but sometimes he'll like give a very raw answer. So I am curious to see how they'll both handle it. And especially a guy like Ben, who has not been one who has showcased a great level of mental fortitude. I'm interested to see how he'll react, you know, showing up to camp with the Sixers. And then I am, I don't even know. I don't even want to know how it would be at the Wells Fargo Center if Ben Simmons suited up for the Sixers again. Like, I feel like the city is so over him as a collective unit. You got the people who already didn't want Ben Simmons, right? From the from the rip. Then on top of that, you have the people who were huge Ben Simmons fans, hi, and are pissed the hell off because it's like, <laughs> you know, like somebody like embarrassing you, right? So you have like this full legion of about like 95% of the city who was like, I'm through with this guy. He can go on and, and, you know, he can have his change of scenery. You want your change of scenery? Have at it. Then you have his little 5%, you know, that's still sticking around. Talk about plus minus stats and defensive win shit, all that, you know, whatever, right? It is, Maury is going to have to just stick through it. He's going to have to stick through it. Him and Doc, they have their work cut out for him. Because it's if Ben Simmons comes back to the city, I just... it It's going to be a sight. It's going to be a sight because I cannot wrap my head around that. I don't even know. I, I don't even know what to compare it to. As far as like a Philadelphia athlete that would be coming back... And playing in an environment like that where, like, the city, like, really does not want you. I'm talking about, like, a star athlete. I mean, maybe you can jog my memory, but I just can't think of something like this where the entire fan base is, like, get this guy out of here and the idea of him coming back. The more I think about it, I understand why Ben wants to leave. (laughs) I really really get it because, but look. It's 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 so much to talk about when it comes to Ben and what they should do. I think that they should be patient. You have to be patient. Maury has to be patient. He cannot take pennies on the dollar. You are better off just playing it out. Um, the Sixers still have the third best odds to come out of the Eastern Conference. Um, 
as of right now, you know, behind the Nets, naturally, and the Bucks, second, you know, as far as odds from Vegas. So we're going to see what happens. You know, um, I'm frustrated like everybody else, but I'm also very intrigued to see what happens and to see how everything develops. And um, we're going to go from there. I don't know if he'll be, I don't know if Ben Simmons is ever going to play another game as a Philadelphia 76er, but at this moment, it, uh, it looks like it, it looks like it. And all the other stars, I mean, when you, when you look at the, the top guys, you know, um, Dame and Bradley Beal, who fans want to come to the city, of course, you know, trading Ben for a traditional skilled guard. Those guys look like they're standing pat, at least for now. Dame is being the good guy. God bless his soul. Or God bless his heart. And Bill, I think Bill, I think Bill is at the point where he just wants to make an all-NBA team and secure that Supermax. That's kind of like what's been going on in the back of my head. Like, he's shown, like, no urgency of, like, applying any pressure to him. Like, he had that little moment during the year where he was, like, sulking and stuff like that. But outside of that, I think he's gotten so close to that max deal that he's willing to, like, ride it out for an extra two years before he, he uh, forces a trade. So keep your eye on that. You know, I might be wrong, but I might not be. But, uh, but yeah, that's that. Dame, he's he's the good Samaritan. You know, um, I was uh, I was telling some of my guys earlier today, I said, look, Joel has to get on the phone. If When you look at how these deals go down, that's how it happens. It happens behind the scenes. It happens with players talking to players at the end of the day. That's how a lot of these deals, whether you're talking about um, Kawhi getting to um, Kawhi getting to the Clippers with Paul George, when you look at Anthony Davis getting to the Lakers, when you look at KD and Kyrie and James Harden all ending up on the Nets in their time, those are back channel conversations. That's what's going on. So you have to play the game. You have to play the game. You got to play to win. And if you're not playing using all of the tools and assets that you have at your disposal, you're going to be left behind. Because, you know, if other star players are on the phone trying to figure out their situations and where, you know, their um, objectives align with other stars, if you're not doing that, I just don't see how you could win this league, just leaving it up solely to GMs. It's like, yeah, you have those situations here and there, but even look at Golden State. Golden State won a championship. They lost, and what did they do immediately? Got on the phone with KD. So, Joel has his homework to do as well, but that's another conversation for another day. But glad to be back with you guys. I appreciate you sitting out. I mean, sitting in with me and listening to me talk about it, but... You know, guys, I love this to be a conversation. And I want to hear what you guys think about Ben Simmons and the whole thing. Is he going to come back? Should he come back? Um, and what's next for the Sixers? And what do you think will happen? Is Ben Simmons going to be on the opening day roster for the Sixers? That's the question. And that's my time. Catch you guys next one. Peace.